disciples. We're followers of Jesus, and we are building our life on him, right? That's what we're doing. We're not just singing about it. Hopefully we're doing that, right? Every day we're building our life a little more. We don't get it all right. We kind of get off track a little bit here and there, but we get back on track, and we have people to help us get back on track, and that's good, right? People lift us up in our time of need, and when things aren't going great, we need people around us to help us, right? So being a disciple is about building your life on Jesus, and that's what we're talking about, and we've said several things here about um, being a disciple. Go ahead to that next one. Um, Some different things like, um, you know, Jesus. As a disciple, when you're a disciple, Jesus is number one. That's all there's to it. He's number one. Not my career, not making money, not, you know, my stuff. It's Jesus. You know, but we all have stuff and we all have careers and we all go to, you know, you know, make money and get paychecks and all these things. But Jesus is number one and we recognize that. Also, we said Jesus uh, is our shepherd, right? We're sheep. (laughs) We're sheep and we need the shepherd to guide us because sheep are not very smart sometimes. And we can all admit that we don't do things right sometimes. And we need a shepherd that knows, you know, especially an eternal shepherd, the great shepherd who like sees way more than we'll ever see and knows way more than we'll ever know, who is like gently guiding us as we take each step. So keeping us away from the cliffs, that kind of thing. Uh, We're going to hold on to the teachings of Jesus. Okay. That's kind of another thing that as a disciple, we want to do. Okay, none of these things are get, earning salvation. All right, We know that. None of these things are buying salvation. We don't do these things because God will one day say, good job, you kept the whole list. That, that's not what we're talking about. That's grace and grace alone, right? We're saved by the grace of God through our faith in Jesus, our response to Jesus. Now that we're saved, though, this is how we want to live. We want to live a life that honors God. Right, And that's what it means. We want to be a disciple of Jesus. We want to do things God's way. And that's what we're talking about. We're going to love one another. We're going to walk in the spirit of Christ. And, and uh, we're not above our master. And so we realize that as we live on this life, we're going to go to him. He's master. We're student. Right? Always will be. We're his student. And he's the master, and it's a good thing. Um, and we're glad that he is, because he, is, he knows more. He knows way more. Right? And he's gracious, and he's forgiving, and he loves us. And so what a great master we have. I mean, how many masters will die for their disciples? None, right? None. You know, how many gods will go to the cross for their creation? None, just one, right? We have a king who left his glory, came to this earth and died for us. So we're disciples because we want to be. We don't, we don't, there's nowhere else to go. Where else, what else will we do? Like, there's nothing as good as being a disciple of Jesus. And so that's what we're doing. So we're in, uh, today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, Paul, in the first 18 verses of uh, this passage, if you want to go there with me, uh, the first 18 verses, Paul is building his case uh, as an apostle to the Corinthians that, you know, who he is and where he's come from and, and his apostleship. And then in verses 19 to 23, Paul speaks about the freedom that we have in Jesus, but also that we are voluntary slaves to Jesus. We willingly say, God, I am your disciple, I am your servant, I am your slave, whatever, however you want to say it, but you are master and I am putting myself under your lordship, willingly, voluntarily, 
and I want to do this. It's a decision that we make. And Paul says that, that that's what we do. And in uh, verse 19, Paul says, though I am free in, in this passage, this is not our text yet, though I am free and belong to no one, Paul says, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Okay, get that? I have made myself a slave to everyone. And there's a reason for it. And here it is to win as many as possible. That's a, that's a true disciple, right? One that says, God, use me however, whatever puppet you want me to be, I will be for you. I'll go and do whatever it is you need me to do to, to win as many as possible, right? That's, that's like saying, God, here I am. I'm all in. I'm, just your, I'm all yours. I don't want to be so tied up with my life that I don't have time to do what you need me to do or what you want me to do. And I'm afraid that's what happens to all of us in this country is we're so busy, we don't have time to respond to God like this, you know, because we're just too busy. I can't go do that. I don't have time for that. Things that are important, things that matter, things that could lead to eternity for someone else. We don't have time and we need to make time. We just do. We do. Paul says, I'm a slave to God and I'll do whatever he tells me to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's a disciple. There we are. Our section, it begins in uh, verse 22. Uh, he comes to verse 22. Let me, let me just say that. And he says this. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. That's cool, right? I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And that's what we do. That's our mindset. Verse 23. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And then he comes to our section, verse 24, where he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it a slave, make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Wow, what a mouthful, huh? That's, that's intense. And so here it is. So as a disciple, because of grace, because we already have the prize, right? It's already ours to claim. We are assured of that in Christ. We stay in Christ. We walk in Christ. We live in Christ. Now I want to be a disciple. And here's what a disciple does. When you're a disciple, you go into strict training. That's what you do. That's a conscious decision you make. I am going into strict training and I am in the camp of Jesus. That's where I'm going. Right? Strict training, that's what I'm going to do. So what does that mean, strict training? Right? We've got, got all these words out there these days and all these videos and workout things, CrossFit, and P90X, and, you know, it's cool stuff. It's great. Hope, hope you've tried it at some point. It's, it's good for you. <laughs> Did you just say doubt it? Oh, man. You know, strict training, like an athlete, Right? If you're in college, you play sport, strict training. If you want to be at your best, you've got to put the time in, right? You've got, you got to go into strict training. If you're going to compete in the Olympics, you better go into strict training. Uh, you, better, you better be serious, because if you're not, someone else will be. And they'll take it from you. They'll take the prize, and you'll go home crying, right? That's what will happen. 
And so Paul says, when you're a disciple, you go into strict training. And he's likening this, if you look at the text there, the the physical and the spiritual, right? It's like there's a physical idea that we all understand that has spiritual implications to it as we live our life, that, that the one feeds the other. And look what he says. He says, Paul is saying, just like a fighter, right? Or an Olympian or an athlete who competes at the highest level, they train their bodies to compete for victory, You don't compete and train to lose. You train to win. And if you're not training to win, what are you doing? Right? Right? You got to wonder, what are you doing if you're not training to win? Right? What's the point? What are you doing? And then he's saying, like, in the same way, you know, we would fight for a Super Bowl ring or a championship. We, as Christians, we fight and we train for an eternal crown. That's how we live our lives, to fight and train ourselves as if we are fighting for the crown of life. And there's this awesome comparison. And again, he's not talking about winning salvation or gaining salvation. He's talking about a mindset that we live by as we live in the flesh. We're going to live our lives in such a way that we are going to train our bodies to compete for a prize that we already have. But we're going to live as if we don't. That's what Paul's saying here, and this passage is such awesome because it just paints such an awesome picture of how our mindset ought to be as we live out our lives living for the Lord as a disciple. And it's good because there's so much despair in the world, right? People don't have any purpose. They're just living for nothing. And, and they give up real easy, right? They just want to throw in the towel. And it's, all, it's really because at the core of who they are, they don't have meaning to their life. They don't have a reason to live. And if you don't have purpose, if you don't have a reason to leave, it's, e- it's easy to get discouraged. Paul gives us some truths in these verses here that I, want to talk, that I want to share with you about the race. And the first thing is this. Number one is this. About this race, Paul wants us to recognize that everyone is in the race. Everyone is in the race. Look what he says there. In a race, all the runners run. Okay? We're in a race. And all the runners run. Everyone on the planet is in the race. Know it or not, we are all in the race. In fact, we are all in two races. Right? The first one is the human race. Here we are. We're in the flesh, born on the planet. Right? And we are in the human race. It's worldly. It's, it's of this world. It's flesh. It's physical. It has rules. It has patterns. It has systems. And we have to live in it. Right? We have to live in this flesh race that we are in. But Paul's also talking about a spiritual race that we are all in this one as well. Even though many people are oblivious to it. They know they're in the human race, but they don't realize that they're also in a spiritual race. Paul is comparing these two things, and in this spiritual race on this planet, we have been hijacked. Mankind has been hijacked, right? We've been led astray. In fact, the Bible describes the condition of the world like this, in these words. Check them out, these words. Look at this. Blinded. This is how the Bible describes the world in light of this race. Blinded. How do you run a race blindfold, you know, if you're blinded? You can't. You don't know where you're going. You're going to run into things and run off of things, right? Cliffs. Corrupt, led astray. That's how the people, some people in this world are living their lives, are running this race, but they have been led astray. They're going to the wrong, they're going in the wrong direction. 
You know those people. I know those people. I used to be those people. You used to be those people. And in some ways, we still are those people. You know, doing things all in the wrong direction. We're, we're, we're you know, using up our energy, our time, our resources in the wrong direction. Right? So we're all guilty of this. It, it applies to all of us. Worldly, perishing, temporal, lost, foolish, adulterous. The world, the, the, the scriptures refer to the world in light of the race as adulterous, that we have married gods that are not the God of creation. We are cheating on the creator of the universe with other gods. Adulterous. That's what the Bible says about us. Darkness, ungodly, and flesh. See, you add all this up, and the world is headed off of a spiritual cliff, and there is no return. That's where the world is headed. Right? We know that. We know that that's what's happening right now. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. Right? This life is going to come to an end, and so what we're in training for is the next. We're in training now for the next world, the next life, that second race. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look what Paul says. He says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's writing to Christians in Corinth, and he says, for we must all appear, not just the lost, but all of us, the lost and the saved. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in this body, whether good or bad. We're in a race. And Paul and the scriptures urge us to be disciplined as we train, right? To, to go into strict training. And everyone is in this race. And we will all appear, saved or not saved, we will all stand before the Lord. We are all in a race, an eternal race. And it involves, and this race involves how we live our lives in this flesh. This race, our flesh matters. How what we do right now matters. How we live our life matters. The first thing is we're all in a race. Second thing he says is this. Realize that not everyone wins the prize. Not everyone's going to win. Say that with me. Not everyone is going to win. You, we need to say that a lot because we live in a world that thinks everybody wins. Everybody gets to heaven. Right? Everybody gets a prize. There are no losers here. We live in this sissy world. It really has become sissified. You know, Paul says only one gets the prize. <laughs> like, yo, alert, only one gets a prize. The rest of you, you're out. You lose. <laughs> right. Bunch of kids, go home. Criers. <laughs> and this is true in the world competition, right? Only one gets a prize. There's only one stand. One person gets the gold. Everyone else... Some other medal, you know, some other. <laughs> Don't you love kids' sports? Let's just think about this for a minute. Okay, we're going to go off track here, just, just to hear. You know, this attitude that everybody wins, there are no losers. You know, and you hear the coaches, and I could never buy into that. Our coaches never said that. We're here to win. That's what we're here for. We're here to win. If you're not here to win, go home, Johnny. All right? We're here to win. Okay, if we lose, we'll deal with that and we'll go for it, but we're not going to set our mind on losing. We're here to win. And that's, that's what, you know, kids' sports, you know. But I've seen kids play. 
And I got to tell you, there are losers. Right? There are losers. You've seen them, right? I mean, it's just true. I have, I've told parents another sport. <laughs> I've had to tell parents that. I'm serious. They're not, they don't have it. You just ain't got it. It's okay. Try basketball. <laughs> I've had to tell parents that. It's all right. There are losers. Your kid is not that good. It's okay. You know? And I always felt as a parent that it was my job to, um, to humble my kids. <laughs> right? Like, like, I don't care if it's Nerf basketball. Get that junk out of here. Right? <laughs> I mean, I felt like it was my job to help them realize that you're going to fail. But I'm going to push you. You know, and then when they got a little older, like six or seven years old, I let them actually, like, score a basket or something, you know. <laughs> you do that to Luke? Get that junk out of here. <laughs> oh, my. So here's the thing. When it comes to the human race, we don't all have to be good at everything. We don't all have to win. It's okay. It's okay. We don't. You, we are all good at something, though. We're all good at something. You don't have to win at everything. You don't have to get the prize for everyone gets a medal and we all won. And no, you didn't. You lost. Okay. But it's okay because we can learn through that. And we need to be pressured in that. I think that's good for us. And that's what's killing our country is kids think that we all win. And I hear people talk like we're all going to, oh, I'm going to see them in heaven. No, you're not. They didn't live a godly life. Why are we lying to each other? Stop that. We need to stop that. It's okay to lose. Get, get up. Try harder. Go practice. Go shoot some more hoops. You know? <laughs> Even in things we love to do, we're not very good. Right? We're not. We're just not very good at things. Like, I'm terrible at a lot of things, like, you know, sewing, knitting, crocheting, <laughs> dancing. I can't dance. My br- brothers all did the John Travolta thing. I couldn't do it two left feet or something like that. But even things that we are good at and we like to do, we're not very good at. Like golf. Anybody play golf? How You know, you get 10 in the woods, you hit one good shot, and you're like, yeah, I can play this sport. No, you can You know, you can try. Go ahead, have fun. But we're not very good. Right? Or baseball. Like baseball. Like, you know, Babe Ruth, greatest batter ever to live. His batting average, lifetime batting average, 342. That means he struck out and got out way more than he got on. He failed more than he succeeded, but yet we call him the greatest batter to ever live. Like even in things we're good at or we like to do, we're not great at. Like fishing, you know, there's this 100 to 1 rule, right? You cast 100 times and you maybe get a bite once, right? That's just the way it is. It's okay. Right? Most of our lives, we fail at things, and then we succeed a little, and that's cool. We need to just go for it, right? Like, like maybe you love to sing, but you're, you're horrible at it. <laughs> you know, it's like, do it in the shower. Yeah, yeah, you just keep singing, in the shower. <laughs> like, it's just not your gift. It's okay, embrace that. You're good at something, right? Excel, what we should do is excel in what you're good at. Right? Excel in what you're good at. However, though, when it comes to the eternal realm and the spiritual world, Paul says in our passage, and get this, because this is different than the world. Now, all that we just talked about for a minute, laughed at, that's all world stuff. Golf, fishing, baseball, it's all world stuff. 
We need to learn to lose. Makes us tougher, right? Puts a little grit in us. Gives us some motivation. Like you, don't, you tell your kid you win when they lost. They have no motivation to keep trying. They need motivation. Stuff it on them. You know, make them earn it. That's what I say. But Paul says in, in the spiritual world, that's, this is different. He says, look what he says in the verse. You run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, that's intense. He's not saying just, you know, have fun competing, everybody's laughing, taking pictures. He says you run in such a way as to get the prize, right? So our attitude or our mindset or our posture is that we are going to compete as a disciple of Jesus as if there's only one prize and we're going for it. We're going to live our lives for Christ so intently and so focused that there's only one winner and it's going to be me. Like, that's how intense he wants us to be a disciple of Jesus, not to earn salvation, but to live our lives in such a way as to honor God with the way we live, with all of our focus, with all of our energy. And after all, you are here because you are a winner, right? Long time ago, you won. Like, you made it to the finish line. And you're born on the planet because you're a winner. It's like in your DNA. Right? You know, it, it, you're a winner. We're all winners, right? So, so God didn't make a loser. He made all winners. He says, you run as if there's only one prize and you want it. Paul told Timothy, remember what he told Timothy? Fight the good fight of faith. You battle, Timothy. You fight for it, Timothy. You get yourself in shape and you train yourself to win. That's what you do. Not everyone will receive God's crown. Many Many, many people will lose. The road that leads to destruction is what? Destruction? Why? Yeah. You knew where I was going, though. You were jumping ahead on me. But the road that leads to life. Yeah. And only a few will find it. So, so many are going to be losers. So let's stop telling everybody that they're winners. You're only a winner if you love Jesus and you're living your life for him. If you're not... You're a loser. That's kind of hard, isn't it? <laughs> that's kind of rough. But, you know, that's the truth. All, all are in the race, right? That, that's what Paul says here in these verses. He says, you know, recognize that we're all in the race. You know, recognize that, that there will be losers, number two. And, and number three is this, resolve. Resolve in your heart. Make a commitment because this, this. Because winners, winners go into strict training. That's what he's getting at in these, in these verses. Winners go into strict training. And note, Paul says, those two words right there, goes into. Okay, that's what winners do, they go into. Doesn't just, you don't, people don't just walk up and give you the trophy. You got to earn it. And you earn it by going into strict training. That's what he says. Winners go into strict training. Winners go into strict training, right? It implies that I have made a decision, I have made a choice, that I am going to train. I am going to be the Lord's disciple, and I'm going to do things his way. And I'm going to get my body to respond to God and the Holy Spirit as much as I physically am able to. I'm going to whip myself into shape so that I can honor God in everything that I do. I'm not going to let my, my flesh lead me astray or let the world lead me astray. I am going to be focused and in tune 
There goes my picture. With Jesus, right? That's what, that's what Paul is getting at here. Goes into, right? It's a deliberate act of my will. A fight. I'm going to fight for something better, something greater, something eternal. See, winners, what they do is they see the eternal prize, right? That's what winners do. They know that this life and everything in it is passing away, but they see there's an eternal prize and they're headed for it. That's where they're going. They're going for the eternal prize. And so they go into this, this, uh, this, this strict training to win the crown that will last, Right? And they understand that it, it ties the physical of who I am right now with the spiritual of who God is making in me. And I'm going to honor God with everything in me. And all that I am and all that I do is going to represent Him. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to get my flesh to respond to the Spirit of Christ living in me. And I'm going to do my part to line up with God. That's what winners do. They see the eternal price. Winners contend. They compete. They don't lay down and just want the crown to be given to them. They compete for it, and they love to compete. They want to compete. They love the battle. They want to stay in the battle, right? They're in it to win it, and they have counted the cost, and they have put the spirit over the flesh, and they are going to get their flesh to obey the spirit. And that's what being a disciple is all about right? It's while we're in these bodies getting our flesh with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, but God working on us and God allowing us to have a part in this to respond to the Spirit of Christ living in me. That's what a disciple does. They contend, they compete, they stay in it, and they also block out anything that might come in that would distract them. If you're in training like as an athlete or, you know, an Olympian or something of that nature, you don't eat donuts, okay? You just don't. They're delicious, so I, I'm sorry, David. They are delicious, and there's nothing sinful unless you ate six donuts about it. There's, not, <laughs> there's nothing sinful about eating a donut, but if you're in strict training, you don't do it. You would consider it wrong for you because it's not going to help you be to compete at the highest level. It's going to slow you down. It's going to put on pounds. It's going to put on weight that you don't want to carry around. And so you, you, you get rid of those things. And when you're in training, when you're a disciple of Jesus and you're in strict training, there's things that they're not wrong or sinful, but you're not going to let them in because you're following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you don't need that junk in your life. It's not sinful junk. It's just stuff you don't need to carry around. And you have made a decision that I am going to be all in with Christ. I am going to contend. I am going to compete. And also winners step up. They step up to the plate. And they do it gladly. Like they get in the box and they want to hit. They're not afraid of getting hit. They're not afraid of striking out. In fact, those things aren't even on their mind. Because if they are, you're going to do it. They get in there to hit. They get in there to step up and do something amazing. Paul, here's look what Paul says. Here, Paul says, here's my approach. Look at these verses 26 and 7. Look what he says. Here's my approach, Paul says to you and me. He says, check this out. He says, I do not run aimlessly. Yeah, listen to that. I'm in this race, just like you are in this race, and I'm competing in this race, and I don't run aimlessly. My steps are ordered, and every one of them is meaningful. Everything I do is going to have a reason. I don't run aimlessly, just wandering around. That's what Paul says. Look what he says in verse 26. I do not box the air like a fighter boxing the air does, you know, as he's warming up to get ready for a fight. Paul said, I don't mess around with that junk. Every, every swing means something. Every punch is going to land somewhere. 
It all is going to mean something. Everything I do is going to have a purpose. It's all going to count for something valuable. Because Paul knows we don't have long on this earth, right? 60, 70, 80 years, 90, maybe 116. Some lady I saw on the news, 116 years old. Okay, great, that's awesome. You are the oldest person ever to live on the planet. <laughs> it's only 100 years old. 116 is nothing compared to the thousands. Right? So our lives are very short on this planet. And Paul says, everything I do is going to have a point, a meaning. In verse 27, he says, I strike a blow to my body. I whip myself. Paul's saying, I want to make myself a slave, my slave, so that I can get myself in line with the king of kings, so that I can honor God with my body in my life and everything I do and everything I think and anything that comes in is going to represent God well. I'm going to whip my flesh into shape, right? That's what he's saying. That while I'm in this body, I will live for Christ and I will keep myself on the cross, on the altar for Christ. I'm not going to let myself wander off the altar. I have been crucified with Christ, and I'm going to stay living yet crucified in Jesus. And he says, I am careful not to be disqualified. Did you see that at the end? 2 Timothy, Paul says this. Look at these words. Paul says, he gets to the end of his life, he says, I've fought the good fight. See, this is Paul's response to his own words, his own preaching to these people in Corinth. He now can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Paul is identifying with all of us that he is in this race as, as well as we are, and he's trying to live this life for Jesus. He says, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And so Paul's mind is like on that cross. He's on that prize. He's on that crown, and he is going to whip his fleshly body into shape to honor God with everything that he does not to win salvation but to honor the God that we serve right because we love him so much if we love him so much we're going to honor him with everything in us if he means that much to us right so Paul said Paul preaches this winners go into strict training right right they go into strict training and, and they fight hard and they battle hard so that they might represent God well and I know in this world, it's easy to want to give up. You know, it's easy to want to give up. It's hard. Life is hard. And at every stage, no matter how old or how young you might be, there are times in our life that it's easier just to throw in the towel and give up. You know, it's, there, there's feelings come across. I remember in high school, I got out of high school, you know, I thought I was having a good time. Went into college. And, and there were times in those years, those early 20s, where it seemed like, what's the point? I mean, get up, go to work, come home, go to bed, eat, get up, go to work. I mean, it just seemed like there was no purpose, and there wasn't any. That's called living without purpose from Jesus, right? And it's, it, there's despair in that. There's a sense of, like, just wanting to give up. And it's easy to give up, and people all around the world are giving up. They're throwing in the towel. They're saying, I have no reason to live. What's my point? Nothing goes well. Everything I do is a battle. And they give up. I, can't, I have this um, picture on my wall um, of this baseball field. It's, uh, there it is. Sunset Park. That was my um, growing up little league baseball field right there. Buffalo, New York, you can tell. It's got snow on it. Oh. Oh, okay. 
This is in Clarence, New York, um, where I grew up playing baseball and had a lot of fun at that park growing up. But, but even, even in the midst of competition like this, it's easy to want to give up. And it kind of reflects a little bit of life in the same way. But I remember um, this one year, our team, our team uh, we, we, were, we were pretty good. We had two pitchers, me and David Thompson. We both played shortstop and we pitched. So I may have told you this a little bit before, but we both did either. Well, we won our league, went undefeated, beat everybody. And so it came time for us, the winning team, to play the all-star team, made up of all the best players from all the other teams in the league. Usually you get killed by that team. But we were going to play this game, and it wasn't winter. That wasn't the day. Um, and David Thompson, they went on vacation. His dad was the head coach. They go on vacation, so it's just me to pitch. We have nobody else. And so we go into, uh, we play this game out. Rick Ballard, a good friend of mine, he's hitting home runs. I'm getting whiplash watching the ball go over my head. I'm hitting home runs off of them. The game is close. It's tied. goes into extra innings. So in the extra innings, Rick Ballard gets up, and again, he hits another home run Oh, out of the park. And I, I, I was like done. I was like, I threw my glove on the ground, start walking to the dugout, that one right there on the right. I remember this so clearly. I started walking to the dugout, and my dad was the assistant coach, so he was the head coach that day. He comes walking out, and the umpire's like, what's going on? Are you giving up? Is, are you forfeiting? You know, he's trying to get the game to end or something. And my dad goes, no, no, he just needs some water. And my dad comes out, puts his arm around me, gives me a glass of water, and he marches me right back to the mound. <laughs> like, you aren't going anywhere. That was good for me. And he said, he looked at me and he said, we don't have anybody else. <laughs> There's no one else to pitch. You got to finish this game. So climb back on the mound and finish the game. And of course, we beat the All-Star. And we got the taste of sweet victory, sweet victory, and how awesome that is to fight through moments in your life where you want to give up. In this life, we all face difficulties. You know, at every stage, whatever age, we face them. And sometimes, you know, it's just tough and we have to keep going, right? But the spiritual battles that we face, they're even more intense, right? Some people in this world, they're just clueless that they're even in a spiritual battle or race. They don't even know that they are. They're running in this race. They don't know it. And so they're just wandering around. And one day they're going to wake up and realize that they didn't come to know the God who created them or accept the Jesus who died for them. And their race is going to end in a tough place. You know, there's plenty of people walking around just like that. But for us, it's very real and it seems sometimes impossible. And at times it's easier just to say, forget it. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to do what most of the people in this world do. And that's just eat, drink and be merry. You know, it's easy to get to that place. It's real easy to get to that place. But we know as believers, as disciples of Jesus, that we are in a race. And so elbows will fly. You will get elbowed. Cheaters will, will win sometimes, right? People will break rules and get away with it. That happens. We're in that kind of a race, but we're in a race. And the prize is not a cup or a trophy, but an eternal crown, one of life. And that's why we are disciples. And that's why we go into strict training because we're, we're in this race and we, we want to stay in the battle and continue to fight in the battle. That's what we do. And we're going to march right back out there. And sometimes we need someone maybe to put their arm around us and help us along the way and encourage us along the way. But we're going to keep fighting. We're going to press on. 
That's what we're going to do. Because we were all in the race. And we're going to compete according to God's rules. Whether the world does or not doesn't matter. And because we've come to know that a disciple of Jesus is in a battle and for us to win the battle as we, we whip our flesh into shape, we go into strict training to do that. We're going to train ourselves to win, even though we've already won, right? We already know that we've won the prize, but we're going to live our lives as if we haven't. Not to receive grace, because that's not what we're talking about, and not to receive a prize that's going to fade or perish one day, but to live in such a way as to honor the God who created us with every ounce of our life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians these words, check this out, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? You have been saved by the God of all creation. He rescued you. He died for you. And he's filled you now with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit lives in here. How how would we ever dare do anything with this that wouldn't honor him, the one who lives in here? We shouldn't, right? Never. He says the Holy Spirit lives in you, who is in you, whom you have received, right? A gift from God. You are not your own. Wow. You were bought with a price. And look at the last line. Therefore, honor God with your body. That's why why disciples go into strict training. Because we want to honor God with this body. As we live on this earth in the flesh, we want people to see Jesus living in us to show that the God we claim to love, we love so much that we would do everything in our power to line up with him. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Because we appreciate what he's done so much that we want to. And when you're a disciple, when you're a disciple, you recognize and you realize and you resolve three things. That everyone is in the race. That there will be losers And that as a disciple, our mindset is that we're going to go into strict training. And so the question is, are you a disciplined disciple? Not just a disciple, but a disciplined disciple. Like one who's like in strict training to to please God, to honor God, to live in this world in such a way that, that, that God can go to you and use you for his purposes. And that's what I want to be, right? And maybe this morning you, there's something that you need to get right with God, and I, I hope you'll do it. I hope this morning as we sing this song that you'll take some time and really say, God, I need to, I need to get back to you. Help me be a disciple that is disciplined and in training that you can use for your glory, not to earn grace. You can't earn grace, but to be used by him to the fullest, like, like completely his, to be used as much as you can, like with every ounce of energy in you. Would you stand with us? Father, we love you so much, and I pray, God, this morning that you would help us. Help us, God, in our hearts right now as we, as we close this out, as we think about you, as we get ready to leave here and go out into another week of the world. God, that we would commit, resolve, recognize and realize that we're in a race. And that you called us to run it, to win it. 
And whatever that means for us, God, in our own worlds, in our own little lives, our own little families, whatever that means for us to get ourselves in line with you, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes to that so that you can use us to win as many as possible. You can use us, God, to bring glory to your Son however you want to, that we'll be the most useful tools in your hands that we can be. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much.